Hallelujah. If you've got your Bible with you, turn over to John chapter 8. John chapter 8, we're going to look at the first 12 verses. Today we're going to start probably a series that's the I Am series. And Jesus, we're going to talk about that in a minute. He said seven different times, I am, and one of those is he said, I am the light of the world. Jesus came and is the light of the world, and now we're going to see what that does in your life today. We're going to look at John chapter 8. If you've got that, stand for the reading of the Word. And we're going to see a little different. We're going to see where this, you've got to read this first part to understand why he said what he did. John chapter 8 verse 1 says, Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken at adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what sayest thou? They said this, tempting him that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground and thought as though he heard them not. So they continued asking him. He lifted himself up and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted himself up and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those that thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. And then verse 12, then, Jesus, then spake Jesus unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of light. I am the light of the world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning thanking you, Lord, that it was your light that shone into our hearts. God, if you hadn't come, Lord, we would still be in darkness. And God, I pray this morning that you would open our eyes to see, Lord, that glorious light that you have brought upon this earth. And God, that it would still shine today through us. And God, that you would anoint this message. You would speak. And God, you would deal in this altar and move. And God, that we would be more like you when we leave today. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Anoint in your name. Amen. Amen. Seven times in the book of John. John talks about light. If you read his Gospels, even in his, his other epistle, First and Second and Third John, he talks a lot about light. Light's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. In fact, they say, in theory, nothing, nothing is faster than light. Light, as we know, travels at 186,282 or whatever miles per hour. That's the, that means light can circle the earth seven and a half times in one second. Light can travel at a speed that would circle the earth, which is about 25,000 miles in circumference, seven and a half times in one second. Light is fast. 
Light is powerful. Light's got some attributes that's incredible. Jesus, at seven different times, seven different times, Jesus uh, refers to him and gives these I am statements. And so as you're reading the word of God, when you see Jesus say, I am, you need to take attention and pay attention to that because there's a lot. There, the early uh, uh, Jew reading the word of God when this gospel was written would have definitely picked up on that. Why would they have picked up on that? Because their mind would go back to when Moses was talking to God and God was giving him a task to go to his people and lead them out of slavery. And he'd been, well, he'd been running for the last 40 years. And so he'd been running and they didn't even remember who he was. And he's going to go back and tell them. And he was like, well, God, who am I going to tell them that sent me? And this was God's response to him in Exodus 3.14. It says, and God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. He's called himself I am the I am. And you, you know what that word, if you think about that, I am is, is eternal. I am means that in the past, I am. In the present, I am. In the future, I am. It's, it's the, God is, is eternal. And God's saying the one that's been there before you were born, it'll be there when everything else is gone. That's who I am. I'm the God that's able, not only am I present, but I'm able to do anything. I am. We could actually make a, a great message, I think, out of that. I hadn't thought about that before. Maybe I'll look at that later. But Jesus described himself many times as being I am. And so this circumstance, that this adulterous woman, we see that he, and you read the scripture, you might say, well, who was left? Who's he talking to? Because it says that they was, he was teaching, and then the scribes and Pharisees comes in, and they all left. But there was a group of people that was there. He was teaching. And right in the middle of his teaching, we see what these Pharisees did. And so when they left, this is who he's speaking. He is letting them know what they've seen is the light. God's light is shining on them. And so we see that the, the Word of God is trying to show us that Jesus is God. And we're going to see that through these I am's that we're going to look at for the next few weeks. This is uh, uh, Jesus stating that he is the word, the living word of God. He is the son of God. He is God in the flesh that is here to declare that he is here to save. And so today we're going to look at this light. It's so important. This light is so important. And every one of you that's given your heart to the Lord have experienced this light. First, we're going to, we're going to look at just four things about light. Some things about The first thing about light, and this is probably the most obvious if you, when you get here, uh, if you get here on a Wednesday night, and, and the times change, it'll be a little uh, brighter now. But if you get here and it's something come in this building, even even with these windows, before you turn that light on, darkness pervades here. But the moment you turn it on, it's instantaneously what happens. Lots the light permeates the entire surface of this building, and darkness is repelled. That's the first thing we're going to look at. Light repels. Darkness, it pushes it back. Now, when Jesus came, this is, this is why it was so important that when Jesus showed up on the scene, timing was perfect. God's perfect in everything he does. There is, between the end of Malachi, you can flip, in your Bible, it's just one page turn. You go from the Old Testament, the end of Malachi, and then, uh, uh, and then you go into the New Testament, Matthew chapter 1. There's 400 years between those two pages, Four. Hundred years that it seems like God is silent. There isn't this active move of God. There's not a prophet speaking. It's 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 like the dark ages, 
and, and people during that time, yes, the people were still serving God. There were still people that was in, in, uh, in the temple. They were still offering sacrifices. They were still doing things. But you, you see that the fight that Jesus finds when he comes on the scene because men was more worried about people praising them than they were praising God. And that's why those that was in leadership in the church at hearts had become so uh, self-centered that they didn't even recognize when God showed up. And so there's darkness. Well, you just like if we turn these lights out this morning in the, before prayer service, we keep them down low and there's darkness kind of. If you get rid of light, what happens? Darkness fills the void. And when you turn on light, darkness flees the void. It just, it's gone. And so Jesus came after 400 years. And this was no surprise because Isaiah prophesied what he was going to do many hundred years before. Uh, this is in Isaiah chapter 60. He tells about, tells Israel that light is coming. It says, Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles, even tell them what was getting ready to happen. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. What's he talking about? He talked about this hundreds of years before Jesus showed up on the scene, as he did many other prophecies about what the Christ was going to be. But he's talking about light. He was talking about the Son of God was going to come in a time when darkness was covering the earth and, 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 and the people's hearts were going to be darker. And it feels like this gross darkness, this thick, dark cloud is going to cover the earth. And it seems like God's absent. Then all of a sudden, out of the blue, the light of God's glory is going to come and permeate. And when we see, even as a child, Jesus come with this birth and the angels were singing and light filled the sky. Why? Because the light of God the light of the world had come. And in your life, let me tell you something. In your life, if you've been saved, that light that he came permeated your heart. And that's what drew you to let you know you were a sinner and to give your heart to him. The first thing that happens is, is darkness is, is, is rejected, is pushed back. Have you ever been somewhere and it's been really dark and it kind of, maybe as a kid, it scared you to death? I, I tell you, I got myself in a weird, some of you all that went, uh, any, I don't know if some of you all might have went to South Laurel or something years ago. I didn't. I went to a private school when we moved to London. And I have no idea. I think I've told you this before. I went to an event. Don't even remember what it was. Might even have been our youth group. Went to some kind of meeting at the high school. And so during this event, I went to the big rest. They had a big old restroom, all kinds of stalls and all this stuff. Never been in there before. Should have paid attention when I went in and where I'd went and what turns I took. But I got in one of those stalls and shut the door. Somebody, there was other people in there. I heard talking. I heard, light was I could tell what I was, you know, everything going on. And all of a sudden, I heard people walk out, and they thought I was the last. There was nobody else left in there, and they turned out the lights. Completely turned them out. Now, I'm turned around in this room, this big old room, and I'm in my mind thinking, Okay, don't panic. <laughs> as, a kid, as a young guy, okay, don't panic. You can find your way out of here. This is not that big a deal. The problem was I didn't know where the door was, and I didn't know where the light was, and there's no window. There wasn't one ounce. It was as black as black gets in that room. So I'm now 
trying to find, and it, it sounds like it'd be easy. I mean, if you try to get out of your bathroom, it's easy. But if you're in a big old room, it's got all kinds of stuff, and you're thinking, I'm going to put my hand in a toilet, I'm going to put my hand in a urinal. And so I'm having to follow the wall around, and I'm, oh, there's a urinal, and it gets cute. So I'm following around, and you have to figure out where the door is, because your hand go across at you. It took me forever, and I was trying not to panic because I was thought, I am stuck in here, and I can't get out. What happened? There was light a few minutes ago. But when the absence of light, darkness comes rushing in. And so we see that that's what's in the life, in the world. Without the Christ, without the Spirit of God, without the Lord in this world. And that's what's going to happen when the Lord takes His church out. All of a sudden, light's going to be gone. He came at the beginning of Matthew. We see the Lord came and light now is now light is now here and hope is here. But we see that there's coming a point when the God's Spirit's going to be taken back out. And then all of a sudden, all these things that we see are pushing in. The enemy that we're facing right now, even in the church, is, is, is knows his time is short. And he's fighting harder than he ever has. In your life, if, I know I can see it. I'm sure you can't even in your own life. The enemy knows his time is short. And so, man, he's working as hard as he can. Imagine if all that he's doing right now, if the Spirit of God is taken out of you, then darkness will again cover this earth. What an incredible Place, but thank God that light repels and pushes back the things, the, the light pushes back darkness and the enemy flees. First John 1 John 1.5, John again telling about light. Then this is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. God is the opposite of darkness. God is light. And, and John uh, again, John chapter 12.46, I am come... Talking about Jesus, a light into the world that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. I've come so that my light can shine in the glory and the light that Christ the Father. And he was showing the love. What, did God, how, what was he showing? John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave. And so the Son is coming, manifesting the light and love of the Father so the world can see. He's not condemned. We're going to see he's not come to condemn, but he's come to save. So we see that light repels. You know what else light does? It reveals. You got, a, you got a flashlight, you hear something out on the back deck, or you hear something outside, you're going to get a flashlight to see what is hidden in the dark that's making that noise. I was up this morning. By the way, you might notice I got, I got different glasses. I got my old glasses on this morning. And I was looking with my light this morning because I can't find my new glasses. I, I went to bed last night with my glasses on. I got up this morning and I searched for 30 minutes. I can't find my glasses. I usually put them on next to my bed. So I'm up this morning with light. What am I doing? I'm under my bed. I'm looking around. I said, when I get home, I got to get some more light out. I got to go find my glasses or my new glasses. I got to get my glasses. So light reveals things. You know what it reveals? It reveals, one, things that are hidden. Hidden. You've been saved. You know all about things that are hidden. There, You'll think you're doing good and you'll think things are going great. And all of a sudden that Holy Spirit will reach down and that light of God's glory, that light of the world shines within your heart and all of a sudden you see who you truly are. You see your need for God. And that's when all of a sudden we have hope to get saved. We see that when he come in this story, we see he revealed something hidden. These Pharisees, now you've got to see this picture. Jesus, if you read the beginning of this, Jesus went up on the mountain to pray. And it says, and early he came. He had a destination. He, God knows everything. God knows everything. And so the Lord had a, 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 a pre-determined uh, 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 I can't think of the word I'm trying to think of, but he is, he is on time every time. Yeah. And so we see that he knew. He knows everything. 
He wasn't in the temple just by coincidence. This, he was there talking and teaching everybody. He was teaching these people that morning. And, the, and at the, right in the middle of his teaching, it'd be like right now, the door busts open and a bunch of people come rushing in. All these, all these religious leaders come rushing in and they're dragging a woman and they throw her down in the floor right here in front of us. And they stop him right where he's teaching them. Well, he wasn't surprised. He knew it was coming. They throw her down and they say, look, Lord, this woman right here is caught in the very act of adultery. The law says, Moses said, if they catch somebody in adultery... You take her out and stone her. You know what my question is? Where's the man? Where's that man? <laughs> they should be two people. One person don't commit adultery. It takes two. Should have drug them both out and threw them in the floor right there. But they commit adultery. Should we take her out and stone her? And it says clearly what was. He knew what they were doing. They were trying to find some way to say anything about him. So he gets down and he starts Riding, of course, we can speculate what he was riding on the floor. And so he's riding, and they get more irritated. Lord, do you hear what we're saying? What are we going to do with it? Now, first of all, if he hadn't have been there, his timing's perfect. If he hadn't have been there, they would have just went out and did the deed. They would have killed her. She was done. But they brought her to try to set him up before they did it. That, her outcome was going to be the same no matter what. But they brought her to him. And so he's riding, and then finally he stands up as they're aggravated. And he says, okay, go ahead. Whoever here... It's not sin, has no sin in your life, you throw the first stone. He gets right back down and starts trying. He's not looking at them. He's, not, he's letting them feel their guilt. He said the light shone in their heart. And all of a sudden, we see that it reveals things that are hidden. Nobody else could see. They were, these were the people that were supposed to represent God. These are the people that had on the robes, and they were supposed to do everything perfect. They're the ones telling everybody else how to get to God. They're sitting here trying to judge this woman. And when he says, who hasn't sinned, let him throw the first stone. All of a sudden, God's light shines in their heart. And that thing that they don't want anybody else to know that they've been doing, that thought they've been thinking, that action they've been doing and hiding from everybody else, God shines a spotlight, that light of the world shines in their heart. And all of a sudden, how do we know that that happened? It says that in John 8 and 9, And they which heard it being convicted by their own conscience went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. They're sitting there with a rock. They're just waiting. Oh, yeah, we're going to take it. Whoever hasn't sinned. And all of a sudden, and they start, conviction hits their heart. Has you ever been there? When you got saved, did you not feel conviction? All of a sudden you realize, I'm the dirtiest person in this whole room. I hope nobody else can see it because I feel it. I know God sees it. And you're feeling just, you're miserable. Lord, just get me out that door. I just got to get out that door. What am I going to do? And you feel that weight of sin bearing you down. That's what they were feeling. But they didn't, re they didn't repent. They dropped their stone. They put their head down. And they walked out. Conviction. It reveals things hidden. This sounds the same, but it's different. It reveals things unseen. I need to find something unseen when I get home today. Uh, we, uh, by the way, sometimes you you just you need more light than you've got to see things clearly. If you ever went out with something like something you've got black on, and you put on something else, and you think you've got black on to match, or you've got socks to match black, and you get out there, and as soon as you get out in the light and get out going down the road, you look down, and you think, oh my goodness, it's blue. I've got blue and black, and, and so I suppose they can sometimes go together. I wear blue and black. So. But you think, that's not what I wanted to do. I thought I had the same. You couldn't see. Why? What was the difference? You got out in the light. Now you could see clearly. 
that's what it does. It reveals things that are not seen. This uh, working, I've been doing some stuff in the basement, trying to get it lined out. And, and I've got old ballast lights, old uh, eight-foot uh, fluorescents that I've had. And, and we found out the, one of the ballast, Dad's helping me switch them out to, to LEDs. And just had started the other day, got one little section done. And boy, it makes a huge difference. Took that 1985 ballast out. And it weighs it like, it's like a boat anchor, and then you, you can change them over to LEDs. uses a lot less electricity. But boy, is it much brighter than it used to be. Man, all of a sudden, I can see. I, I didn't know this thing. And I had a young man down there helping me, and we was doing some stuff. And he, and he's, and he don't like spiders that well. He does not like spiders. And all of a sudden, he was bragging, boy, look at this light. I can't believe how much difference. Then he got looking around and says, but there's one thing I don't like about it. I can see things I couldn't see before. <laughs> there's some cobwebs over here that I, we need to get rid of because that kind of scared him a little bit. Well, they were there the whole time. They were there the whole time. The difference is there wasn't enough light to see it. And so this light that the Lord comes and shines and reveals in our heart, it reveals things that were not clearly seen before. If you've ever been in the altar and God dealt with you some things that maybe you, you, you didn't want to even remember, you may have pushed it under, you compared yourself to everybody else, but the Spirit of God can get a hold. That's why these prayer services are so important, is that when we pray and we're asking God to do things and God starts working in you and you realize that God's got a light shining in your heart, He may reveal some things. That makes us scared a little bit. But when God is able to reveal them, that means he wants to remove them. And then when he removes them, now he can do what he wants to do. Now you can see some of the blessings that you want. Now you can see God move and use you and do some things. It's wondrous when God's light reveals things which are unseen. So we see that light repels. We see that light reveals. You know what else? Light revives. Light revives. You ever, you ever had it revive you a little bit when you're going through that thing in the middle of the night? You may have got some bad news or you may feel bad. Last night, I was worried. My, I t I'll be honest. I was worried. I took my brother-in-law and he was sick yesterday. Man, was he sick. He calls me and I was getting ready to leave and I see the concern on my dad's face right now like, oh no, because <laughs> I don't want to bring anything on them on but he was sick. Man, he was sick. I won't go to all that. And I was, I, we had my N95 on, a good one on, a big thick one on. And, uh, uh, and I went and, and helped him and took him to the hospital. Man, he was sick. And, uh, and I didn't know till this morning it was cardiac. And I, I didn't know because it looked like it was something else. But, so I took him to the hospital and stayed. I actually stayed there for a little bit and then uh, come home. And in the middle of the night, you know how it is? Well, not all, my stomach wasn't feeling that great. I thought, oh, no, oh, no, it's dark and all that. You know, have you ever been feeling bad in the middle of the night and it seems like that darkness, you can feel it. You may be going through something and bad news or something's going on in your family or you're worried about something and you've been laying there all night looking at the ceiling in the darkness and it's almost like that, that darkness just permeates your pores. I mean, it's just so dark and hopelessness seems to set in. By the way, when I got up this morning, I felt totally fine. So everything's good. Everything's good. So don't worry about that. I ain't going to try to give you anything this morning. The Lord's taken care of me thus far and he'll continue doing that. But... Uh, we, we, there's, there, but what happens when we're going through that darkness of night and it feels like those voices are saying it's done and, and you're hopeless and, and this is going to get worse. All those voices, you ever hear them voices? Am I the only one who ever hears voices <laughs> in your mind and things are trying to worry you and they're heavy and you can feel the darkness. It's almost got a weight to it. But there's something that happens 
at, you know, early in the morning when all of a sudden just a little ray of light just peeks over the distant horizon and in your window blind or shade or whatever it is, you see just a little glow that's glowing through that uh, curtain or whatever's on your window. All of a sudden, you feel hope rise up in your soul. All of a sudden, things aren't as bad as they were because you know in a few minutes there's going to be bright light shining through and all of a sudden it seems like a hope comes forth. Things aren't as bad as you thought they were. Why? What made the difference? Light made the difference. And just like in in, in that circumstance, we know that the light of hope shined forth for a young lady that day who was not deserving, just like we weren't. When God saved us, it's not because we're deserving. It's not because God wants to turn a blind eye to what we have done but we see here he revives hope in this verse 10 he says when Jesus had lifted himself up and saw none but the woman he said to her woman where are thine accusers had no man condemned thee she said no no man Lord and Jesus said unto her neither do I condemn thee go and sin no more so is Jesus condoning her sin and saying, hey, it's okay, I, I accept it, everything's good, don't worry about it, go right back into it. No, 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 no. See, Jesus is going to sit. his mission that he came to earth for was not to condemn. In fact, we see this, he tells, you know the verse, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, who for believed in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. The next verse says, tells about this mission. It says in verse 17, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So when the light came, it was to first, now that same light, well later, I'll tell you that in a minute, but that light came so that we could see that we're a sinner and for him to give us an opportunity to know that he came to save us and to forgive us of our sins. So he's saying to this woman, I didn't come to condemn you. What I'm doing right now is offering forgiveness. I've came to shine a light so that you can know that the life you've been living, you've been thinking that there's no hope, that there's no way you can ever get out of this, that you're already marked, that this is the lifestyle that you've got to keep on living. You don't think there's been darkness permeate your entire life. The religious community has pushed you out. They don't want no part of you. But I'm God himself, and I'm standing here saying to you, your life can change today. I'm not condemning you. I'm giving you hope. I'm giving you grace. I'm giving you mercy. Sin no more. There's a new beginning that can happen this day. And that's what he did to me and you. He forgives us. Hope springs forth. Even though we feel troubled by our sin, all of a sudden hope springs forth because we know if we step forward and accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, we now no longer are separated from God. And then light can fill with that darkness. Man, let me tell you something. When I was a sinner, I can tell you one word did sum it all up. Darkness. Darkness. Fear. And when the light of God's glory shone in, boy, I tell you what, what a wondrous thing that he was able to do in my life. Amen? Light makes a big difference. And so it revives hope. You know what? Life revi- I mean, uh, light revives life. Where Without light, there can be no life. Without light... If the sun did not shine, everything we know, you wouldn't have a crop. You wouldn't be able to live. This earth would be so frozen and cold. Everything would not exist if it wasn't for light. In fact, uh, Johann uh, Bowwinkle, what a name. He was the founder of a therapy called Healing with Light, says, The eyes are precisely where the solar radiation that feeds the life enters the body. 
and without light, there is no life. He goes on, not only are our food sources dependent upon the sun, but our bodies cannot thrive without daily exposure to sunlight. It's generally accepted that a lack of daylight causes seasonal affective disorders or winter depression. He goes on talking about the effects of what it does to someone who is blind and does not have this gland that's able to reflect the sunlight to their brain. It actually just messes up everything in their life. It causes great problems for people that cannot see. Without life or light, there is no life. And so that's the same way in the spiritual life. Without the light of God, there is no life. We cannot see we're a sinner. We cannot see the hope of Christ. And we will not be drawn toward uh, His healing and, and saving power. Isaiah 9-2 tells us more about that. It says, The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. It's talking about that when people were sinners and far from God and it seemed like there was hopelessness, then God came and busted through time and sent His Son so that he, we could see that there is hope and that we can have life. And not just life, but eternal life. Wonderful. Eternal life. One of the most amazing things that you probably have seen, some of you all have been there, I'm sure. I remember as a young man, I've been there several times, was Mammoth Cave. And you go and they've got fish with no eyes and they've got crickets with no eyes because there is no light when you get far into that cave there is no light and that's one of the darkest places you've ever been where they turn the light out is mammoth cave and it is so it is so troubling when you get somewhere with no light it is really overwhelming and so that's the way this world is without the light of God. listen bottom line is this the world we live in today Darkness is trying to cover the face of the earth. Darkness is trying to push back the power of God. The, the darkness is trying to even permeate the churches. That's why the command was given in the last six, eight months. You know, don't sing, don't worship, don't even go, uh, don't, you know, don't do anything. Just go, don't say anything you shouldn't say, don't make anybody uncomfortable, whatever. But, you know, there has been a push to push the light of God's word and glory out of, even out of the churches. So we need to realize this light is so important. It reflects is the last thing we're looking at today. Finally, light reflects. Light reflects. Amen. When you got up in the middle of the night last night, if you looked up and I can't, it's not a full moon. I know that right now. But when you look at the beautiful moon and it's reflecting, I mean, it's, when it's shining, it's not the moon. The moon has no light source. And when the astronauts are up in the space station and they look back at the earth and that big beautiful blue ball is turning around, the light is not because of the sources of light on the earth. It's all the same thing. It's a reflection of the sun. That's what you're seeing when you look and see the reflections in the night. It is the reflection of the sun. That's what light does. It reflects. And it, we see that, first of all, Jesus reflected the Father. In John 14, 9, it says that Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long time with you? And yet thou hast not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? He's Philip saying, but we don't know. Show us the Father. He's like, do you see me? You're seeing the Father. Isn't it amazing how sometimes your children can look and act and be just like the, their father or their mother? And uh, I remember uh, 
uh, we can put that title slide back up. But I remember uh, the year before last that, or that we didn't get to do anything this Christmas, but last Christmas uh, there was some Easter, or not Easter, but Christmas baskets uh, being given out, and we went to see Slim Bond. And I remember when I came in, I don't know, I honestly don't remember the last time if I that I'd seen Cecil, maybe as a kid. I don't know if I, I don't know when the last time. I, but he would have never known me as a kid. And that, but when I showed up and I came in, he's calling me Carl. Carl, he's, he thought I, thought I was, I think he later said, I thought she's Carl. I could, what was the difference? And I'm thinking, you know, I don't, I mean, everybody says I, that because they thought I look like him. Maybe the way I talked. And Dad says, I hope I don't talk like that. But, uh, but, but we can look and act like our father. And so Jesus came, and he's saying to Philip, Philip, do you see me? I look like my father. You see the way I act? I act like my father. You hear what I'm saying? I'm saying the words given to me by my father. You, you can see the father right here. This is the father talking and working through me. So we see that life reflects. And so Jesus came, and he says that while he was in the world, he was the light of the world. But he, then he went back to the right hand of the father. So did the light go with him? No, he left it. Well, where did he leave it? Where's it at now? It's in you and me. We see that now, not Jesus reflected the Father, but we reflect the Son. Here's what he says. John was a witness. By the way, John was a witness of that light. He was the first witness. He was the first one. He was, by the way, filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb. Man. I mean, he leaped. When Mary, Mary walked into Elizabeth, all of a sudden, whoo, the baby leaped within Elizabeth's womb, and he was filled with the Holy Ghost, right? And said, wow, because God had a great task set for him. He was going to reflect the light of the Son of God who was coming, and then he was going to introduce him. And it says that in verse, actually, 1 John, we're going to read 4 through 9. It says, and him was life, talking about Christ. And the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not, which means overcame it not. It couldn't put it away, but light pushed it back. And it says in verse 6, There was a man sent from God whose name was John that came for a witness, a reflective of light of God, to bear witness of the light that all men might uh, through him believe. He was not that light. He wasn't the light source. He was a reflection of that light. But was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. That, that word of God's going out. That, that light of God's forgiveness and His glory and His presence and Holy Spirit is, is, is going throughout, even this morning, throughout the airwaves, going through into messages and sermons, going online, everywhere across this world, going out saying, there's hope. And light's going out. It's like that ship that's in trouble on the sea. And all of a sudden they see that light. Or that plane that's coming in and they see that light. Or, or those that are hopeless and, they, and they're lost. And they've been stranded and they've been lost. And they know surely, hopefully somebody's coming. And all of a sudden they see a distant light. And they know hope springs up. Why? Because God has sent forth His Son in our despair to give us hope. And so this morning He asked us to be a reflection of that light. So here's your question. Are you light? Are you darkness? You're one of the two. Are you light? Or are you darkness? There's been many times I would like to go back and say, God, please, I wish I'd never done that or said that. Sometimes we cannot mean to it. We can be darkness. Christ wants you to reflect His light in this world of darkness. They need to see it. They need to see it. The world's looking for one thing. It's not a drug. 
It's not more stimulus. It's not some new experience. What they're truly looking for, the only thing that's going to fill that soul satisfied is Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Ephesians 5, 8 says, talking to those that were Christians, for ye were sometimes darkness. You used to be a sinner. All of us used to be sinners. And we were darkness. We were hopeless. But here's one of those beautiful buts. That sounds bad. But, but now are ye light in the world. Walk it. You have to be listening. If you, if you, if you, when I mess up, you got to be listening. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. What's he saying? You used to, that, you, that's not where you used to be. But now I live in your heart. And now the light and that hope that lives within you, other people sees the hope that's in you. They see that smile on your face. They know, they know you're going through the same thing they're going through at work. And they're saying, now, wait a minute. I, you know, recently, I went, I, you know, to me, it's a compliment when somebody says, we're going through some things at work. We are. And uh, so there were some things going on. Some people in administration under me. Uh, we were talking about it, and, and I was, you know, giving them kind of the, here's where we are, and here's where we and, and this one particular person who's kind of struggling with what he believes said, now, let me ask you something. You don't seem to be as tore up as you used to be. <laughs> Why is that? Well, we're going through, you're saying that this is bad, and you're saying this is this and this and that and the other thing. Why are you seem to be, you know, he, he's confused. He's like, well, what, shouldn't you be more tore up about this? And then I said, no, let me tell you why I'm not tore up. God's took care of me all these other years. God will take care of us and gone down the road. I'm trusting in Him. Trusting in Him. They see the light. They see something's different in you. And they see what you're going through. And He wants you not to shine your light. He wants you to shine His light. And we see that. So the final question, are you shining your light before men? Because if you are, they don't see you. They see Him. Matthew 5.16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. Now, wait a minute. You're saying when people see me and they see the good things I do, then how do they see God? Because they can see the reflection is they know that's not you. They can see God through you. And they can see that light reflecting from God through you. And they realize that's not normal. That's not normal. There's something different about that person. I can tell there's a change in that person. And it's what God's doing in their life. And all of a sudden, what happens in darkness when light comes shining through? Hope rises up. And they can say, well, you know what? Maybe God can do that in my life. Maybe God can change me and give me that hope because I need it. Because I'm. Get, listen, here's what I'm going to say in closing. Do you remember how uh, fearful, do you remember how uh, uh, overwhelming it was to think that you were it? That you had no one to go to and whenever you had to, everything was yours and if it went bad, it's your own fault. Listen, let me tell you something. Without God to run to, without God's help, without God's glory, without God's strength, I'm toast. I'm nothing. But we are, when we see that hope of light shine through to our heart and we run to Him, all of a sudden, every day of our life, I will never leave thee, I will never forsake thee. He's never going to let us down. He's never going to fail us. And we can have that glory of His presence. You get up in the morning and all of a sudden joy fills your heart. Why? Because God's still on the throne. 
No matter what, God, here's another opportunity for you. God, here's another opportunity for you to show yourself and to prove yourself and to show the world that you live and you still reign. The light of the world is still on the throne. Amen? And so today, until he takes his church away, we are that light. And what we're running into today is there's not enough of it. There's a lot of people that's gotten weak. There's a lot of people that's gotten discouraged. And their light is what happens if we don't manage that light. It will go out. And so that's why we've got to push right now to press in in prayer, to press in, drawing closer to God, using these altars as an opportunity to rekindle that fire. Good intentions never get anything done. But it's when we press in and say, God, i got to have more of you. God, I need you to touch me today. God, I want you to do something. Lord, use my life. Use my life, Lord. Because let me tell you something, just like that hospital experience where someone was in the bed next to you every day when you're going through your things, sometimes I've had to say that, Lord, show me. I know you're doing something. Show me what you're wanting me to do. What are you saying to me? God will use even the bad things in your life so that others can see him more clearly than ever before. And when you come out the other side, not only that, you're going to be able to say, Lord, you never failed me yet. You still have it, and you can trust in him. Amen. The light of the world. That's who he is. I am the light of the world, and now you are that reflection of that light. This morning, let's stand this morning. Priscilla would come. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are the light that penetrated my heart. God, when I was unworthy and the enemy said, you're done. There's no hope for you. You've already done too many things. You might as well pack it up. Lord, your light, Lord, you didn't come to condemn me. Lord, you came to convict me. You came to give me hope, Lord. And God, you transformed my life. And God, I thank you for that. Lord, I don't want it to stop there. But God, there is people that we care about. There's people that we've been praying for. That God, they are filled with darkness. And God, the enemy is trying to keep the light away from them. And God, I pray this morning that you would do a mighty work. That Lord, as the enemy presses in with his final march. That your light of your glory and your presence would shine and penetrate hearts. That's never seen you before and God that they would even be able to see them Lord more clearly today as they get around with these wonderful people that's here today that your glory would be so full in their life that oh God that others would see a hope that they need and desire and God that tears would fill eyes and opportunities would be open and that people would give their heart and life to you Lord that's what you want to do God, you look at every lost sinner as you did this adulterous woman. God, you want to have mercy if they will just call on you. You want to forgive them and transform their life. But all they've got to do, Lord, is see the light. And then, Lord, reach out to that light. Then, Lord, you could do the work in their life. Lord, you're still on the throne. You're still doing it today. God, move with your mighty power. Move with your glory, Lord, even in this house today. Lord, even online today, move and do a mighty work. In your holy name we pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. New minister this morning. Hallelujah. With your eyes closed this morning, I just want to ask you, just give you an opportunity this morning. You may say that light's not in me. I'm full of a life of darkness and I don't need, I, I don't want this darkness anymore, but I want the light you're talking about. If I want to put my trust in Jesus and that light fill my life to overflowing. If you want to say, just pray for me, brother, because that's me. I won't call you out. I just want to know to pray for anyone here in the house this morning. You're willing to say, I need God's help. I need God's light. I want Him to shine within my heart. Hallelujah. 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 
Hallelujah. Amen. This morning, you also may be in the house this morning, and you may be saying, listen, I know that this world is full of darkness. It's creeping in. I can feel it everywhere I look. I can see it on the newspaper headings. I can see it on the news. I can see it in the headlines of everything that I look at. You can feel darkness. I want to be more of a light to the world around me, and I'm saying, God, use me to be a light. God, use me this morning. If that's you this morning, you want to be a vessel, a light that others can see, raise your hand. Pray for me. Pray for me that I'll be a light. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Many of you raised your hands. Oh, God, this, this morning I pray that you would do it. God, I pray that you would do it, God, in their life this morning. And that, God, there would be such, Lord, a joy, a zeal, a glorious presence of your life in their life that, God, when we leave, that, God, that they would just be beaming glory rays of your presence, God, that others can see you more clearly, that everything they said and did, God, that you would do it in their life. Hallelujah. This morning, this altar is open, and I pray that you would come and find a place and stand somewhere, and by standing there, you're saying, God, here I am.